Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. With Alex Ferrario, I'm Brandon Kylie. Let's go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. Happy to be joined by our guy, Jeremy Rutherford, joining us here. He's the Blues insider for 101 ESPN and The Athletic. JR, let's get right into things, man. Thanks so much for the time today. My biggest takeaway from the game last night, and I would be, I would love to hear yours, was we just saw the gap between a legitimate Stanley Cup contender and where the Blues stand today. What was your biggest takeaway from what was a big game last night for the Blues? I, I lost you a little bit, but uh, you're asking about the gap between uh, Vegas and the Blues, I believe, and, and I definitely think there is a gap. We've seen it in these past three games, uh, BK, and especially in the third period, you got tight games, all three of them, including the, the pair on the 12th and 13th. And these past two in particular, one goal games, in fact, tied last night going into the third period, and the Vegas Golden Knights outscore the Blues 8-1 to in those third periods. So the Blues have a lot of issues, I think, uh, within themselves. But then when you look big picture at this division, it sure is going to be tough to get out of it. And, and we're just looking at Vegas. You still have uh, Minnesota to play uh, eight out of your next 19 games beginning on Thursday. JR, we heard Craig Berube last night, which, I, I mean, these post games kind of get repetitive with the head coach because he's saying the same things, guys not buying in. But he used a word that uh, brought me back to Mike Yo being fired, and it was confidence. I remember that press conference, Craig Berube saying, we need to instill confidence back into these guys. Has this team lost that once again? Yeah, I think there's definitely an issue there, Alex. And, and I'm sure we'll get into the defensive play and the injuries and, and uh, you know, when guys will be back and how long it'll take them to kind of get in the in the mix. Uh, but I think the biggest thing, if you're looking at the Blues today after last night's game, it's the fact that Craig Bruby, who has been a tremendous communicator with this team, the players love the way he communicates with them. He's had to now in the span of about 10 days come out in the Zoom with media and say that uh, they're not pulling on the same rope. And then last night he says they're not a confident team. And then he says, maybe I need to coach better. We all need to play better. These are not things that are common for Craig Bruby to say. He has been somewhat outspoken in the past, but not to the point where, you know, every couple games he's bringing out a new line to, to talk about the way this team uh, is not playing the way it's capable of. JR, to follow up with that, and I want to preface this question by saying I don't believe this, but we have gotten a lot of messages about this. I hear about it on postgame an awful lot. Do you feel as if the team has started to quit on Craig Bruby? I don't think so. I really don't. I know it's been a popular question here lately. Look, uh, you know, when coaches are around going into year two, year three, look, the shelf life on these coaches is generally about uh, four years before players start to tune a coach out. But look at all the turnover on this roster, all the new players uh, playing prominent roles when you look at Falk and Krug and uh, so on and so forth. Uh, I don't think that's the issue right now. I think it's a very difficult year. I think players are going through some extracurricular things with all the the uh, pandemic, you know, structure to the schedule and the travel 
and so on and so forth. And I think you throw some losses on top of it. Uh, maybe this team isn't good on paper as it was uh, the past couple of years, talking about the Stanley Cup run included. And I think it's been difficult for them. And so I think it's only natural uh, that when uh, these situations arise that you're going to start questioning the coach. But but I still think in talking to these players that they have the utmost respect for him. JR, you mentioned the defensive play a little bit ago. What's gone wrong there? Yeah, it's just can't get the puck out of the zone. And what's uh, difficult here, BK, is that uh, they went through a couple games where it looked like it was back up to where they needed it to be. And, and, and I realize it was against San Jose uh, this Vegas team, look, you can talk about the Blues issues. Vegas is so good offensively. Uh, they just come at you. And, you know, you talk about the waves, but they've just got skill and pressure coming at you nonstop. And, and we saw it in that pair of games on the 12th and 13th. We saw it again last night. Look, they get that first goal, kind of a, a fluky goal off the faceoff and through the legs of Jordan Bennington, but who watching that game last night didn't feel like a goal was coming at some point. And, and so that's the case. And then you look at that third period guys. And I think that it's uh, a situation where that's a point where you got to step up. It's a one, one game. This is a team you need to be able to compete with. This is a, uh, you've, you've come off two wins. You're feeling good about yourself and to have three shots on goal in the third period. But to me, uh, BK, it all goes back to, to not being able to get the puck out of the zone. The Blues have the, the puck on their stick. A number of times throughout that game last night, they can't get it out, and it turns into extra opportunities for the Golden Knights. JR, does Colton Pareko fix those problems? I don't see how we can say that because uh, he's not healthy. Look, you know, you're, you're watching the video on Fox Sports uh, Midwest last night of him skating with the taxi squad. And sure, he might be doing a little more than he would be doing at Queenie Park, but not 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 much. And you know, I'm not in the building watching these workouts. Uh, but if the Blues are counting on Colton Pareko to come back, and and let's let's be honest here, like shutting him down and resting him might have helped his back, but it certainly didn't fix it. And you hope that he doesn't need surgery. So can he come back and get through and, and gut it out through the rest of the season and then get some extended rehab and time off in the offseason and come back and be close to the Colton Pareko that we know? Possibly. Uh, but look, even if he plays 22 minutes a night, what's going on the other uh, uh, 48 minutes? Uh, you know, the, the Blues have to do a better job of playing that five-man unit like we saw in the San Jose games. We're talking to Jeremy Rutherford, Blues Insider for 101 ESPN and The Athletic. JR, I'm, I want to be very clear on the front end of this question so nobody takes it the wrong way. I am not blaming Jordan Bennington for what happened last night because he did not get any help in front of him. However, uh, there was a goal that was scored against, I believe it was the last one, where he reacted and it looked like he was getting ready to go over to another, another player, kind of gave him a shimmy. It seems to me, I know the armchair quarterbacking here, it was in his head a little bit last night. What have you seen from Bennington's performance of late, and what did you see specifically from him last night? Well, he's not hes not uh, making some of the saves that we've seen him make time and time again the past couple of years. Uh, there's just one a game or so that are getting in where you're thinking, ouch, you know, and you know, we, we've seen that with Billy Huso early in starts, but this is a different story. This is Jordan Bennington, and and I think that uh, you should be able to count on him to make those types of saves. It looks like he got surprised on that first goal off the faceoff uh, through the legs. And then I did see the video. I did see the video of what you guys were talking about after one of those third-period goals. It almost looks like he went to go chop the pile of uh, Vegas Knights players celebrating in the corner. You know, I can tell you, 
the best decision Jordan Bennington has ever made in his life was to not follow through on whatever he was doing there because that would, that would have just been disaster. Here's a guy who just uh, got in a scrum with uh, the San Jose Sharks a few uh, weeks ago. And, and so, look, you can't continue to add to that type of reputation. So obviously we all get frustrated. He certainly looked frustrated in that situation. And why wouldn't he be with uh, the way that third period turned out? You know, things uh, for him lately haven't been great. So it, it's great to be frustrated, but turn that into uh, stopping pucks if you're the goaltender, getting the puck out of the zone if you're uh, the defenseman and the forwards. And that's what the Blues aren't doing right now. JR, uh, I want to go back to the defense because we talked about the struggles right now, and it's not just the defensemen. I mean, the forwards are a part of this as well and getting the puck out of their own zone. But do you feel like a lot of these issues come from them being smaller stature compared to a lot of people go back to that cup season when it was Edmondson and Pareko and Bowmeister and Petrangelo. If that is the problem, do the Blues need to adjust their identity or is this just something that might take some time to get acclimated with? Yeah, it's too late. They've made their bed with this uh, defense and, uh, you know, I still think it can be a good one. This isn't a negative. It's just, uh, you know, I said this a week or two ago that, you know, each player that they brought in, it was a different circumstance. I don't think Doug Armstrong ever sat down and said, hey, let's go out and get a small defense. I just think that, you know, you have Pareko, you have uh, Petrangelo, you go out and you get a Justin Falk kind of as backup, thinking maybe uh, if you lose Petrangelo, which then, of course, did happen, but now Falk's on the roster and for long term. And then you lose Petrangelo, you go out and you get Tory Krug because he's the best available. Hey, if there's some six foot three defenseman, you know, a Petrangelo tight, maybe you go to get him, but you go get Krug and now you find yourself with a with a Falk and a and a Krug and a Dunn and don't forget you have Petrangelo uh, coming on the way. So this is just a different looking defense than we've seen in the past few years. But the one thing I keep emphasizing is they ought to be able to move the puck and, and, and get it up ice and work with the forwards. And, and it doesn't mean they can't shoot it either. Fox got a great shot. Krug's got a great shot, but we just don't see that transition. We don't see them creating plays off those shots. And so to me, this defense can work, even though it looks completely different than a couple years ago, but they're just not playing to their strengths and executing like I think Doug Armstrong and his staff envision. JR, it's a fascinating story to continue following because this is certainly not the way that we all anticipated the blue season going. We'll be following your work over at The Athletic. We will certainly be following you on Twitter as well, at J.P. Rutherford. Always appreciate the time, my friend. Looking forward to talking with you again next week. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. You got it. That's Jeremy Rutherford joining us here on 101 ESPN. So I just went through, Alex, while we were talking to JR, and I looked up the record for the Blues against each opponent so far this year because I think this is instructive of where the Blues are at right now. I think I guessed these off the top of my head. Against <laughs> Vegas. Uh, one, one, two, and one. One, two, and one on the year. Colorado. One and one. One and one on the year against LA. LA would be two, one, no, one, two, four, and one. Two, four, and one. Oh, so yeah, far that's right. Against LA. Yeah. Arizona. Arizona's two, two, and three. Three, three, and one is Arizona wow. on the year. Okay. You got San Jose, they're five, five one, one, and two. two. And then Anaheim, they're four and oh so far this year. <laughs> That's very telling with the two bottom teams. You're nine, one, and two combined against San Jose and Anaheim. And you're basically a 500 hockey team against everybody else in your division. And I hate to say this. Well, I don't hate to say this because it's true. Minnesota is the exact comp of all of those other teams that you have sub 500 records against. It's a 500 hockey team. Yep. What we're watching is when they go against quality opponents, 
They'll win some. They'll lose some. They're mostly in between. They're going to have games where they infuriate you. They're going to have games where it's like, oh, my God, look at that. Would you call it the Schwarzenko? No. Schwarzenko? Schwarzenko. Schwarzenko. The Schwarzenko line is going to dominate I'm missing seven teeth, and I can say this. <laughs> Ryan O'Reilly's going to do some things that are just like it's dazzling to you. Right. This team is maddening because it's a 500 hockey club. Yep. That's where they are right now. They can be better than that. They have the talent that they should be better than that but so far this season they have proven to you exactly what they are they're a 500 hockey club that when they play against better opponents they struggle at times and when they play against the worst teams in the division there's two of them san jose and anaheim they're really 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 good they've got to be better the rest of the season alex is more about them than it is about who they're going up against because the schedule is going to get tough but it's more about the Blues than it is about Minnesota, Colorado, or Vegas. Right now, it comes down to the word confidence. And it's what Craig Bruby, as I cited there with Jeremy Rutherford, it's what Craig Bruby needed to instill in these guys when he took over as the head coach. It's what led into last season being the top team in the Central Division. And it's what this team is lacking right now, which is why I'm done with the excuse of, well, these guys are injured. Because again, Colton Pareko doesn't fix these problems. He makes you a better team. But you still lack confidence on the ice with those other 20 players. With Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendricks, and I'm Brandon Kiley. Coming up in about 10 minutes, the Cardinals have a huge decision looming on one of their key players. How much does being a legacy player play into that? We'll talk about it about that in about 10 minutes. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line. Questions and answers is coming up next. <laughs> 